Blog Talk Radio. Doctor of Natural Medicine, going by Doctor Truth for this radio show. And I've chosen to title this program Ancient Teachings and Universal Truths. And the reason is is because the deeper I go into the study, the more profound it becomes that the ancients were telling us stuff or they were they were revealing stuff and it was deep and it was good. And also there are universal truths, whether we want to believe them or not, and they surround us. And they also, uh, they invoke changes in us. It's a, a pattern. It's a living universe. There are many, many things that we do understand that aren't mainstream, and there's many things that we're learning. And I wanted to devote a show to talking about the deeper stuff that some people don't want to hear about, and then some people do want to hear about. And I'm very, very pleased to be uh, joined today by a dear friend of mine, Dr. Farwell, who is a uh, doctor of natural medicine. Plus, I, I think he's got every, I think there's about every abbreviation after his name you can imagine for a holistic guy. So he's a smart cookie, knows his stuff, knows how to go deep into this. And uh, Troy, you're on my inaugural, what do you want to call it, voyage? And pleased to have you here. And Troy will be talking about, the title is Getting Beyond the Root. So, Troy, can you say hello to everyone? Well, we seem to have a technical difficulty here. I'm not hearing from Troy right now. So, until I hear from Troy, we will uh, talk about what this show is going to be about. An example, one of the things that I found to be very profound is that uh, an example would be the, um, we've all, uh, for those of you that study the quantum relationship in the universe, we find that there are things that aren't exactly as we see them. And a prime example would be, would be the, the wave particle situation with the photon. And that is something that I find very, very interesting, that the manifestation of a particle is based on visualization. It has nothing to do with anything else. And the laboratory experiments will show that if a photon is detected in a laboratory, a dark room, uh, or wherever, it's a wave. And what they find is that when there is a when it's visualized, when someone actually sees it, sees or, or visualizes the experiment, that the wave is no longer a wave; that there's actually a particle. And there are things like that the manifestation in this universe that is going to be around this. Uh, this radio show. Hey, Troy, are you there yet? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. There he is. All right. I, yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. I was uh, talking and it just disappeared. But anyways, okay. I um, I just wanted to say thank you for having me on this uh, first show. I have been on this journey with you for several years. I've seen your progress and your interest and your your connection to this field grow and grow and grow. And um, that's very exciting for me, and it's also got to be exciting for the community at large because the more people that we have involved in this kind of work, the healthier we become as human beings. So um, I'm very honored to be here. Well, great. And I, and I, I first person I chose, I was like, well, I got to have, have my buddy Troy on here because <laughs> I know know this stuff. And, and in fact, when I tell when I when I have referred people to you, I always say, well. Be ready because he's smarter than me. 
So, uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. Let me try. Chris, let me do that again. Be ready. He's smarter than me. <laughs> There's my laugh track. You like that? Yeah, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> so <laughs> well, we have to define Troy, what, uh, smart. Smart is not uh, maybe more experienced. I wouldn't necessarily say uh, smart, though. Okay. Well, thanks. So we've got Troy's going to be his. The title of what we're going to be talking about, what he wanted to speak on, was getting beyond the root. But I wanted to ask him first that uh, Troy's been in the uh, holistic health arena for over two decades, and I know even in my even though I'm self-taught homeopathy going on 40 years, I, I wasn't in the same level as him for four decades. What, what would you say, name a few things, that, some changes you've seen, positive and negative. What have you seen happen with like the collective consciousness or anything? What, what can you reflect on your, your last two decades? Well, that's a, a big question that we could run an entire podcast or radio show for a decade on, but um, for there to be good, there has to be something on the opposite side of that. That yin-yang approach to everything is very important to me. It's the way that I look at the world. So there has been some positives that I, I'm, I'm, I look forward, I see, and then I see some things that probably are not so negative. But one of the things I try to do is a healthy uh, thing in uh, a perspective that I try to look at the world at is is not to so much put a label on things as I've gotten older. Um, Dave and I are both strong pittas, and um, uh, strong opinions come with strong uh, pittas. And being able to disconnect from that a little bit or scrub that away a little bit, I think has been very helpful for uh, me to see things a little bit more clearly and to see things as they are and not necessarily put a good or bad or this or that on that. But when it comes to the overall openness to this field, um, I have seen a huge renaissance, a huge growth in the people who are interested. I think they're getting sick of uh, the way that we have a disease-type mentality and we treat uh, diseases, not human beings. And uh, I think that there's a limit to that, and you're seeing that. I mean, David's using in this practice. I see it for the last 25 years, but that awareness. Uh, my, my number one customer now is a, uh, a 65-year-old uh, woman. And, uh, you know, 20 years ago, it was a 35 or 40-year-old woman. So now it's interesting that <clears throat> that era is so now frustrated and done with it that they're, that it took them a while, but they, uh, they're, they're really looking for something new, and the results have been great. So that's, that's one of my favorite uh, the overall amount of people who are interested in it open to it. The downside. Can I just can I interject one thing there real quick, sure, Troy? Have you noticed anything when you're saying that, w- would you categorize it almost as more of an, an enlightenment where there, and when we, when we do, I know there's several different definitions of enlightenment and I, I tend to lean more towards that. You're aware that you're, you're enlightened. It's kind of like, Hey, someone walks up to you and says, I got to tell you about this. Yeah. Enlighten me. Have you, mm-hmm. do you think, do you feel that anything has happened more so since 2012, the end of the Mayan calendar and, and the age of the uh, the golden age? Have you noticed that? Well, I think that there, with that, I'm not sure. I mean, like, I, I try to, you know, I try to look at the past and when people have, like, uh, well, have you noticed it since this? And I've heard this question come up uh, several times. I'm like, possibly, yes, but if I say uh, no to that, then um, then it kind of throws out the whole philosophy or whole thing. So I sometimes think we're looking for answers sometimes where there isn't, and then sometimes we kind of push it a little bit. But, yes, I, overall, there's definitely been an upward swing. Enlightenment, is that the right word? I don't know. Um, but definitely an awareness is, is there. I mean, people are really, really looking for something else because they're not, they're not content with what is. That, that totally makes sense. Then so, you were, you were, I'm sorry, I interjected there. You were going on about something. You were going to explain something yeah, else. Yeah, I'm going to go and talk. About, yeah, going to say something possibly about the the downside. And the downside is that, uh, and it's it's been this way. Remember the yin yang. Everything that has once happened, it's probably happened once before uh, in our human history or something similar to it. And then you just follow the ups and the downs and the ebbs and the flows. 
So as that's moving up, the, the downside or the opposite side of that would be is, is okay, so that's, um, you know, a bunch of people in our industry, and that's why Own Wellness Institute exists, and that's why David's running a great school, uh, that I, um, I see a lot of poor, um, I don't know, uh, health advisors, health coaches, and uh, there's a lot of people who get into the field. So I always ask people flat out when they are interested in getting into this field, I'm like, well, why? You know, what's the purpose of you doing this? Uh, why do you feel that you would be beneficial for the world at large to, to put yourself into that realm? Um, it's not easy, and David will, could explain later on in different shows, and if you talk with me, it's not it's not the easiest job in the world. But I, I love it. Um, it called to me. Um, I answered the call. Uh, but what we do find is that we have a lot of, like, charlatans. And you, you see that in the spiritual world. You see that in the yoga world. You see that in a lot of things in life. And that's just the way it goes. Uh, but you have to be able to dis- decipher. And with technology and with all these different things, people are very impatient, uh, especially Americans, that they want quick, fast answers. So they won't stick with programs or go. And that's one of the reasons that I like the, the talk we're going to have today is getting to the root. Um, a lot of times the, the prettiest part of a flower is the flowers. And there is medicinal benefits to a lot of flowers, but it's the thing that's at the highest at the peak, and it, and it usually doesn't last very long. So, um, so the root is really important. So, like, where is this root? Uh, Americans and a lot of culture in general uh, and I'm not picking on Americans, but since we are talking mostly about uh, that's 99% of my clientele base, is that um, that's what I have seen is that they're looking for a short. When I would lay out a program for them, this is going to take a few months or possibly even a year. You're 60 years old. You didn't get yourself in this position in, um, you know, in, in three weeks. They, they want a three-week fix so they can go online and they can, they'll find something that fits their narrative. Uh, they'll find somebody or somebody who will uh, – to pique their interest where like, Hey, a two week program to reset your complete metabolic system. Yeah. Uh, I, what I find all the time, people choose diets that of food they like, like yeah. the, the cup of types love the Atkins diet. Well, you know? of course, yeah. I mean, yeah. Comfort. Yeah. They, so they I want comfort. <laughs> right. Right. Which is not the worst diet for them in many ways. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's great. So, so what you're saying is that you've seen, uh, like a, an awakening or an expansion, and then, but by the same token, you're also we still have that American programming that makes it difficult. Nobody, basically, what what you're saying, I agree with. Not a lot of people want to put in their work. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a culture that I mean, uh, and Dave and I are old old enough to remember that. Uh, I remember my grandfather. I was his re- his remote control. <laughs> he would sit there and bark uh, yeah. orders at me. And, hey, yeah. put on the Chicago Bears, you know, and I'd yeah. run over and turn on the, the TV and put on the Packers, and I'd run over and turn the TV. And, and I was in remote control. Now people want things, you know, immediately here, now, yesterday. And, our, and the big concern that I have is is, uh, is our children, uh, their their sense of – and I, I've been doing a lot more work with children because I, I look at their, them as our future. And, and one of the – in psychology, one of the big things that – because I have a background in psychology too – is um, one of the biggest determining factors on uh, what we can consider successful living is the ability to be resi- resilient. And what we're finding is that level of resilience um, is, is very, very little because this culture, this time right now, which ironically is interesting to me, is that we have a culture that is more comfortable than it's ever been before. They have better clothes. If you play, f- I'm just using football right now because, uh, my son plays football, and, and, um, and we were just talking about it five minutes ago. But, is, you know, the technology, their helmets, their, their gear, I mean, it's 100 times better than the leather helmets that they had just 50 years ago. And the technology keeps increasing, and we get better and better and better, but we have the highest suicide rate. It keeps going up, uh, not down. Uh, we have, you know, more mental health than we've ever had before. And we have these mass shootings that are going around. And so I'm like, what is going on? Well, we're more comfortable than we've ever been before, but yet we're not as happy as we've ever been before. So I'm trying to find that connection, especially with the children. The children are uh, having a very difficult time uh, in their own bodies. Uh, they're very disconnected. A lot of it has to do with this electronics that we have, which has a good 
and some negatives. So there's always that, you always have to find the positives on, on both sides. But when there is something that could be improved, we have to try to find a way to do that. Oh, absolutely. Right. So, uh, yeah, you're definitely hitting on some major points. And to go back to the charlatans and the the um, the the people that get into the holistic realm to help people, it's and you and I have had several discussions on this. Is there's it's difficult. There's really no standard. And one one of the things you know, and you understand with Ayurveda, is that until the body is cleansed and the digestion is proper, there's really not a heck of a lot you can do. And that that alone right there takes work. And and that's you know, and so that means they got to stop jamming stuff in their pie hole that's making them sick. And, and well, it's, not it's, oh, yeah. Well, not only that, Dave, but we also have uh, things that uh, the sages didn't have, which is where I'm also very concerned, too, is I wrote an article years ago on is Ayurveda outdated, and people, I got, you know, lambasted for writing that, and, and, but that's, that's okay. And the reason why I, I wrote it is that, that the general principles are, are, are there, but what I was trying to make a point of is, like, a thousand years ago, five thousand years ago, three thousand years ago, five hundred years ago, and still in rural places uh, in India today, they just don't have the to- toxic levels, or they never could foresee the environment in which they do, do now. So we have got to take the Ayurvedic principles and kind of revamp them to fit into this modern world. And that's not an easy thing to do, especially when you have a, a society and a group of people that are actually moving further. Uh, their interest is higher. But their willingness to do the work, the hard work, Bingo. Is, is less. And that's, right. that's where that influence is. My interest is high. I want to do it. And they start speaking the lingo. And, I, and that's where you see you can go to a yoga festival. You can go to an Ayurvedic festival. And you'll see these people who are talking the lingo. And then you look at them and I'm like, well, you, you may be speaking the lingo. But I can, by, look, by looking at you, looking at your tongue, looking at your nails, looking at the way you live, and looking at you, not ju- it's not a judgmental thing. But they're not living in that world uh, they're very unhealthy, and that's not for me to uh, judge them on it. I'm not. I'm just saying that it's it's interesting how that flows. You know, they're very interested in it, but yet they're not even doing the work themselves. No, I know. No, it's it's uh, and and that goes back to the what you're saying. We're more comfortable, but we're we have more imbalances, and and hopefully, I don't know if you're going to get into this with getting beyond the root, but the, what I've been studying lately is we. We create, we create matter, and we create this universe on a collective level, but also as our own perception. So there's there's so many things going on with this holographic universe and and torsion field and what are you know this living breathing thing that uh, yeah it's now uh, you know what I'm going to yield to you right now on this because I'm going to start going on about it because it's a good time to get let's get beyond the root and hear what you got to say about that. Are you ready well, for it? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much always ready for whatever, because uh, what other choice right. do you have? <laughs> but <Yeah>. um, <laughs> that you're not ready? Right. <laughs> so, no, I, I hear um, you there. But getting beyond the root uh, came to me literally as you were uh, asking me about it uh, this, this uh, I don't know, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock this morning. Um, and I did have a title. I'm very free flow. I can talk on any topic uh, for as long as you need me to, or as short as you need me to. Um, I don't prepare uh, very much anymore. And going back to just, uh, I'm going to take a side step back and then I'll move forward. Uh, sometimes you have to lay down some work uh, a little bit ahead of time. But going back to what you were saying earlier about the charlatans in our field, one of the things that we wanted to do is what my Ayurvedic uh, mentors told me. Uh, decades ago was you're you're not a true Ayurvedic practitioner uh, until you see probably roughly around 10,000 clients. Uh, then the next step is that you, you don't have to rely on necessarily a pulse that you can just be in their presence that can just come into a room and you can already pick up that vibration because you've seen it and felt it so many times and that you are with them uh, and you're not thinking about your agenda of I want to put them on this or sell them this or do that. That's why I think it's very important to take money. And if you read through a lot of the Ayurvedic uh, scriptures and, and uh, books, they, they really do try to separate uh, an income, a heavy income, 
probably not meaning that you can't do it, but when you're always thinking about, you know, how am I going to make a profit? How am I going to sell them something? How am I going to get them into this? Then you're losing that focus. So one of the practices that I've always had in my uh, consultation practices is just sitting there quietly with them for a minute and just trying to pick up what they're trying to send me through their own vibration. Sometimes we're so eager to get in and try to blast through things that that's that American way that sometimes we aren't patient enough just to be in that moment with them. Um, and sometimes that's uncomfortable for some people. They're like, wow, this is odd. I'm just sitting here with this guy. And, they're, and what they're thinking about is that they're paying me. Um, and then I'm like, no, let's just get through all that. And let's just kind of break down some barriers and let's just, I want to, you know, get to know who you are. So you got 10,000 people now for me, thousands beyond that, that I, that now I can, I don't even necessarily always feel like I even have to take a pulse. I use a pulse just to make confirmation for them, but not me. And honestly, in the last three to four years, I've never been wrong um, uh, when it comes to already kind of picking up that vibration ahead of time and then reconfirming it with a, with a pulse. So like when we were talking about that, that getting beyond the root, I think this is kind of a part of that because I, when you go back and um, you look at a root, the structure of a root, um, in Ayurveda, vata, which is predominant, uh, it has to have, everything has to have space, ether, for it to, uh, to exist. And where does a root exist? Um, it has to have some place where it, it, there's a beginning and there's an end. And I think sometimes when we look at, like when I was talking about the flower of a, of a, of a plant, of holy basil or valerium or, or whatever, and then you see the roots. There's so many, many different layers to things that are underground that we don't see. And I think that one of the things that we have to start focusing on, because of what I just mentioned a few minutes ago, is that we have to kind of go a little bit deeper. Um, people are interested but we have to kind of peel back even further than I think that we ever had to do before. And what I've been finding in my practice over the last, you know, whatever years, but more recently in the four or five years, maybe since that 2012, I don't try to put a, a number on it, but maybe that's about the time uh, that I started seeing this shift of consciousness where uh, people uh, in my practice, it just kind of came to me where, you know, simply a question, are you happy? And most people are, um, they're not. They don't know how to be happy in this world because everything has been predetermined or they determined it for themselves, which I mean is like what you said just a minute ago where people always have a preconceived idea of how the world should be taken. Um, A lot of the Stoics have always talked about this where, you know, you you can see this world – and your own vision, and it's yours. It's in nobody else's head. And then when you don't live up to that, uh, like I expect myself to do this, get married at this age, have this degree, have this kind of life, these kind of kids, uh, you know, live in this community, have this kind of car. And when you don't have that, then you can't see success. And now you bring that into your health. And I expect to look like, you know, this guy who does CrossFit. I'm supposed to do this bit. You know, I'm supposed to. And you have nothing more to con- you have constant comparison to people on Facebook, on, on uh, social media. It's always in your face constantly, wherever you are. Every turn on TV, it's, you know, it, it's, it's like this is what you're supposed to be. So I always have a problem with the lifestyle commercials of like uh, it could be a, a toothpaste, for instance, and you brush your teeth with this, and all of a sudden you're going to have this perfect smile, and you're going to be dating this uh, world-class so model. Let me, and driving this let me just interject car. right there. So, yeah. so you're saying that people will learn these things, adhere to them and they stick to them. Is that, yes. is that what you're getting at? Okay. And, yes. and so that yes. goes back to the, and I, and I tell people this every single day is it's no coincidence that the ancient teachings all talked about embracing the impermanence of life. It's not a coincidence. And, and also I'm even, be, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm beginning to believe clinically that beliefs are as bad as food addictions. And I'll give you an example. I had a, young lady sitting right across from me. And I said, well, I'd like you to go get chiropractic adjustment so we can rule out that type of blockage. And she shook her head and said, no, I won't go. And I said, why? What did someone say to you? And she said, she said, all my childhood, my dad told me if you go once, you got to go forever. And I, and I sat there, like you said, silence. 
And I'm like, so let's analyze what you just told me, that your belief, whether you, we don't even know if it's true, but your belief could or could not be affecting your health or your future health. Mm-hmm. So beliefs turn into addictions just as bad as a food addiction. Do well, you, you find that? that? Yeah, absolutely. That's where kind of we're going with this. Is that's why it's going beyond the root. I mean, we used to think that we could get to the root of like food. Oh my gosh, here they're eating this. They're eating way too much dairy. They're coughing at the spring. You wonder why you have allergies. Um, well, they're still have lymph issues when I get them on a you know a completely lots of pacifying diet and clear out everything you know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, you know they're still they're still not better. And then you get into that emotional part where they're not being able to release uh, emotions and they get stuck. And that's that, that level of samsara getting stuck in your own um, misery. So right. what I am trying to propose here uh, is a shift in our paradigm, our thinking as practitioners, is that uh, it's no longer acceptable just to diagnose. I mean, we technically don't want to diagnose, uh, get ourselves in some trouble, but and we don't want to necessarily go through and go uh, what we traditionally have learned. And then there's some, I mean, most of the time now, there's still leftover residual stuff there. And I'm going into my, and, and, I'm, and for me, I'm kind of analyzing this and going, what am I missing here? This is about, a, you know, eight to 10 years ago. And I'm like, I did everything right. You know, I went through and I go through it and I talk to mentors and friends and, and they're like, yeah, you did it all right. But I'm like, yeah, it's still not working. So what I'm finding is that we have to have to shift in this paradigm where we go much, much, much deeper. And mm-hmm. uh, so now I, I do my con- these these consultations. And even the method in which we do consultations will probably be eradicated and changed over the next few years. And I think that that's where things are really accelerating. And I think it's in every part of our, our world, from our government to uh, the way we do a lot of things, we have to kind of step back and say, does this work? And if it doesn't work, we have to start looking at why. And and for me, I think that a lot of the things that we were just talking about are really huge, huge factors. If people believe because they have, you know, uh, Facebook has got all these uh, tech engineers who can design your, your interests and they keep feeding with these uh, algorithms, uh, you know, constant feedback of if you're this or you're that, and then you start getting into it. And most of the time it's not true. And again, what I started out the conversation uh, with was we get too hung up on the, on the, the right and the wrong or the good and the bad. It's just, the things are just, they just are. And we are, we human beings, dogs don't do it. Cats don't do it. Horses don't do it. Right. We like, we label it as good and bad. So then we have to kind Maybe of Maybe even the Dalai Lama doesn't do it. No, you know, and, and so we have to look at, you know, uh, my perspective of life is, is even changed over the last decade where, you know, I used to say, well, you know, this person, you know, they unfortunately passed away because of this, this, and this. And I'm like, now I look at it and like, it just is. And I, and I try not to be harsh about that, but they were miserable and they were very sad and they had a lot of, you know, and they don't, they don't have that anymore. And so it, things are just... Hey the way they are, we attach the emotion to it. And so I'm not saying that you walk around and be emotionless. I'm just saying that you have to be able to go through and, and what are the biggest blocker um, a lot of times that I'm finding is environmental, obviously, is the stuff that you put in your mouth and ahara and are you better, everything that you think and bring into you, but also the idea of what are the beliefs that are holding you back from your from achieving the things that you uh, want to do. So when people come in now, I sit there and they go through all those things that's wrong with them. And I ask for a level of commitment, which is usually never very high, um, or it starts out high and then as I unload what is required, it changes. Um, but basically I find that they're, uh, they're very much stuck on a whole bunch of beliefs. And they're not willing to get out of that, 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 that belief cycle. And that's what's holding them from not succeeding. Especially, uh, David, if you get people who are uh, shopping us all around. So they go from, I've been to this person, I've been to that person, I saw this naturopath, I saw that person, I saw this herbalist. I usually don't even take those people on. I'm like, nah, I'm in that no. those are all no. Those are all good people. If they couldn't figure it out, chances are that it's not with them, it's with you. And that has to be unfolded uh, by them. 
We can't right. fix everybody. And you know, and, set, set and that, I don't want to. No, no, no. And I don't want to turn this into a bash allopathy thing. But what? And I have friends and relatives and acquaintances right now that are. I'm just watching them deteriorate. They're just deteriorating due to treatment they're receiving. Six, eight, eleven drugs. You know, just pounding these. <laughs> they're A and S. They're they're bowel. They're brain. You know, just it's just there's no way an organism can function an, an organic organism can function correctly. But their beliefs that the guy that's writing that prescription is going to get them better. And I'll I've even asked them what what when do you think it's going to turn the corner? And they don't know, but they still hang on. And yeah, and it's, it's not, just it's uh, not your job to figure that out either. I mean, no. I used to get, being a strong pitta, I wanted to. I saw something that I was passionate for, and I wanted to help family members, especially because that's what you want to do. And um, and if they're not willing to hear, then it's just their it's their misery that they have to suffer through. And in some form, sometimes they they don't make it through it, you know. And right. that's right. that's on them. I mean, I am open to all those who are open to. Uh, you know, to hear me, uh, like truly hear. Um, and I don't act as if I have the answers. What I've gotten pretty darn good at is there's smarter. There's a lot of people who know a lot more about herbs or Ayurveda or a whole bunch of things. But I think that my skill set where I'm at my best now is that meeting people where they are and being able to get them to open up to this belief area, which is kind of, like I said, a new paradigm. I'm spending a lot of time with people. Why do you want to get better? And they, uh, 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 I'm like, well, that's, that, those aren't strong enough reasons. That's why you're failing. You know, that's not that's a strong a good enough point. reason. That's a good point. why do you want to? I, I want to run a marathon, but I'm not willing to run more than twice a week, and I don't want to run more than two miles. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's going to work, buddy. I mean, it might, but you are going to be one miserable dude doing it. Um, yeah, that's not very smart. So, you know, I'm trying to get to, like, in their psyche because ultimately, like I said, it's not – I think that we had this determination. We want people to live longer. I want to live, I want people to live better, and that's a difference. I want them to be able to yeah, live you know, better. I don't – Yeah, and I've, I've even read from people that you and I would – consider to be factual with knowledge i've read several times that there's really no and, and maybe and correct me if you if you know differently that there's really not a difference in longevity if someone doesn't use allopathy and lives a say a you know a clean plant-based diet and satvic lifestyle and goes to bed early that it doesn't even necessarily prolong the life over someone like I'll, I'll give you an example, there, and I don't want to name names in case my relatives listening. I I can't believe he's still kicking, and uh, <laughs> we, all, we all know guys like this. Yeah, and and the thing is, I, the ancients say it's pretty much when it's your time, it's your time, and yeah. not even allopathy can not, it can kill you. But the what you just said, the quality of life, the ability to enjoy it, and there's a direct relationship direct relationship between health, sattvic, lifestyle, and and happiness. I mean, 100% connected, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, we, I think we all have a relative or a neighbor or something that, you know, eats fast food and it's 75 or 80 years old and they're still kicking it and they're 85 years old. And, and the reason that we're talking about them is because we're talking about them. But for every one a person like that, we're, there's thousands of them that didn't make it that far. But the point that I'm always trying to get to nowadays, because I was very, very much a, um, a very allopathic in some of my approaches to uh, vitalistic medicine. I was I want to have, this is it, this is the reason, uh, and I've got to have an end result. And so I was kind of, even though I was practicing vitalism, I was very allopathic because we're bred that way to, like, where's the outcome? Uh, I, I got to have an outcome. I got to have it in, in my favor, uh, I, you know. And and then what I've noticed, like I said, um, yeah, a lot of times I'm getting that, but I'm not getting the real outcome that is most important, which is really simple. Are you happy? Are you content? Do you have inner peace? And if you live 80 years on this planet and you found yourself to have inner peace, 
been fantastic. And and if you were eating Big Macs and you know and drinking Mountain Dew and whatever donuts and crazy stuff and it that made you happy, then fantastic. I look at it as an odds game. The chances of that, if you were a betting person in Las Vegas, the chance of that being that you being the equation that you're going to go through life would be very low. The equation by eating healthy and clearing and detoxing and doing all these other things uh, just increases your ability to be more successful in finding that inner peace. Because ultimately, that is the ultimate goal for everybody is to find that inner peace. And if you can't right. find that in your life, then you're just you're just a little bit um, you're just wasting your time. So I always tell people, like, as I get older, um, you know, I'm in a state of restoration. I want to restore. I, I'm very picky about where I spend my time. I say no all the time. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, just, I'm going to restore and restore and restore. Because I do like to live. I still want to travel around the world. I still have, I still have kids that I want to uh, be around their life and, and so forth. So that's one of the driving forces in which I get up and I meditate and I do Qigong and I yoga and, and work out and go to the gym and eat all these healthy things and fast and, 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 and do these things that a lot of other people don't do. It's because I want to live a higher quality of life. Um, and okay, let, to, let me interject it, right here. Because, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're listing wonderful things, and, and that, that all makes sense. And I imagine the people who are listening right now all know that because probably that's what they do. So they're kind of wondering, what are we going to dig into? So really what is happening in the mind, body, and spirit balance, when you do eat correctly and you do meditate and you do your Tai Chi and you go to bed, it, I, we both know physiology and pathology. Let's not talk about that. What is really happening at, be, oh, what word did you use? Beyond the root. What is happening beyond the root when we do those things? Let's, uh, and I've studied a lot of the holographic nature of the universe and the body. What, what is really happening with vibra- vibrational patterns the systems, the shrot, the srotas, everything taking place in the body when you do those things. I don't have a, I don't have a great answer for that. Um, I mean, the, the reason that I think it's beyond the root is because it's exactly that. We don't have an answer. Anybody who tries to explain it perfectly, I think, is is fooling themselves. I think we're working towards that. I think there's some things that explain it, like the things that you just mentioned. But I think that recognizing any problem. Uh, is the first step in anything. So we're recognizing that we have to kind of move ourselves into this new paradigm of going beyond what we thought was the, hey, we're good. You know, this is it. We got there. And then I'm like, no, no, it's not really quite there. We have to go beyond that. We have to go do that and more. Um, And that's the part that I think where a lot of people are falling off. And the other part about that, just to uh, talk about, uh, that we haven't talked about is there are people who are extremists who are going way, way, way beyond things, and they're missing the mark. So I think the mark is somewhere where each person is customized. That's why uh, when you do a consultation with someone who's a really good practitioner, it's not their agenda that they're trying to push. It's just that they're, they're customizing it for you, and they're moving, and they're growing, and they get something. For, it's a mutual relationship, and it moves all the way through um, uh, until that place of, inner peace is achieved and what I'm trying to uh, convey here is that it goes beyond um, a lot of times where I would have left off because I would have, like most doctors like for instance you go to an oncologist and after they recommend so many chemo sessions they're going to pass you off most of the time depends on the cancer to the radiologist they wipe their hand and said job well done but we know right that's nowhere close to the job well done. We have to open up new detox pathways. We have to look at, you know, if it's, you know, uh, different forms of cancer. We have to look at if we can block certain pathways or open them or shut them or whatever we have to do. We have to look at, you know, uh, like I said, all the detox channels and so forth. And so it's just beginning, you know. So we have to kind of look at this as uh, this cycle of in, out, in, out, and so forth, this yin-yang all the time. It's constant. It's ebbs and flows. I, I guess what I was like, kind of... Uh, what, I was, what you wanted. I think you wanted an answer from me. No, uh, I'll let you lead you a little bit here. And it's hard to do what, that. What I, <laughs> what I was going to say is that, just interject this, there's, a, there's only one dosha that has its own book in the text, and that's Vata. So yeah. you almost always have to, and you know this, you almost always have to 
bring some attention to vata and what's going on in the organism there. But by doing these things like going to bed and the qigong and all that, we're, basically we're restoring cellular intelligence in the, the connection to uh, sattva or to the universe, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's why we I mentioned vata earlier, uh, the, the space uh, within, the ether and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the air. Uh, I think that that's the place, and we live in a in a vata world. I mean, the world. You know, when you're younger, it's kapha, and then it moves into pitta. Then you get older, it gets into vata. So one of the concerns that I have is from a sociological perspective is that, you know, we had this world that moved very slow and very thick and heavy and and so forth, like a uh, kapha for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, because that's how kaphas work. And then we got into this more aggressive eras. Uh, things were growing and moving, and uh, and that was the pit of years of our as a as Earth goes, and now we're into this vata, and vata is usually uh, you know end you know um, in in many ways. So, um, so that is a, yeah. So that kind of gets to a place like okay, you know, here's that yin yang again. Are we coming to an end of something? And a rebirth of something new, and that's where I truly think that there's something going on there um, that we are seeing a split almost in our culture and our society, where you're seeing uh, what they're ca- talking about is these young, very, very highly evolved children being born, um, and and a lot of them. There's a lot of them out there right now, and and uh, I'm hoping that them we can learn from them and we can be a part of that that this whole universe is going to move in one, uh, you know, hopefully better direction here. Um, I think that that's what, what I'm hoping for. And I'm always a guy who is uh, half glass full, you know, kind of guy. But I, I right. do feel like that we are at this really critical point that we're stuck. I mean, if you just look at our political system, a lot of people say things in 99% or 90% of the time. It's just not factual. You know, it's no, just I not know. a factual thing. You know, and, and so forth. And then we have to look at, like, facts. How do we determine facts? You know, you can look at a whole bunch of, of things. There's an argument for both sides. But what it does, and here's the part where I like the Stoics, they, they didn't get their themselves all rattled, or the Taoists. They wouldn't get themselves all rattled by those kind of things. They just went back to that place of inner, inner harmony. If something was really affecting them, they would try their hardest, and then they just said, well, that's the best I could do. Um, and then what we're trying to do from a cellular perspective is exactly the same thing as that mimics the on the outside is we're going in and we're trying to do the best that we can. And so right. all these ancient uh, techniques are, are there, but we have to go beyond that now. They're not enough. And that's the sad part. And the other part that's a little bit disconcerting uh, is that where I wrote that article on Ayurveda um, that, you know, I, I'm a huge fan. I've been for 30 years. But there are some limitations. I mean, there, there are some things that, um, you know, we have to go a little bit deeper than, you know. Um, oh, I, I'm how, telling how you. Do they, how do they explain I, methylation problems? You know, well, I mean, yeah. It, you know, yeah. You know, I, like, I, when I was in really India, I think I passed on to you. In India, it, it's things have shifted. It's not, I view it as a framework. It's basically a yeah. framework that you can work within. And if you look if you look at it that way and it's not I, I know there's specifics, but if you don't adhere to it and like we're talking about, I don't believe that the specifics are, are the end all. If you look at it as a right. framework, it's actually it's very beautiful. And it's, even it's Charka beautiful. says that yeah, Charka says any dravya in the in the universe can be used as a medicine. Any substance. And, and so Absolutely. it doesn't so really haven't figured out how yeah. to do it. You know, so and again, that's that openness that we have to have, and we have to be more. Uh, that's that belief, like that. Do you think he meant? You do you think he meant uh, moose tracks ice cream? <laughs> there, I had to get that you in know, there. I, I, I don't do dairy at all, but once a year, if I'm in Mackinac Island, um, I will uh, I will have one ice cream a year, and it's always, you know, moose tracks is what I always get. Right. Or, uh, Something of that variation. So I might have one ice cream a year, and then I always feel snotty and crappy the next day. So, but <laughs> anyway, no, uh, no, I why? Don't know, I, yeah, I don't totally. Know was included. <laughs> what about um, in your studies, your Taoist studies, and everything that you've, you mean, 
for those of you that don't know Troy, he's got a photographic memory and probably can read about, I'm not even exa- exaggerating, 50 times faster than me. I literally wear finger marks into a book because i got to carry it around for so many years trying to finish it. So, uh, you know, by the way, I, I've heard Osho read two books a day. But anyway, in your studies, have you come across the polarity, you know, like uh, – um, and, and a good example I always use is that it, in nature, there's for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And mm-hmm. do you find that in your studies? It has to be. There's no other option. Okay. So, yeah, so there's if, no other um, option. I mean, in all, in all my right. readings from, from uh, you know, I, I read everything. Uh, and I, and I'm well, let me just – hold on. I just want to get yes or no out of you. read so much. Yeah. Yeah. So if there is – and, and we're going back to the honoring. So if if there is an opposite and equal reaction, then shouldn't we honor hate because the opposite and real action is is love? So yeah, it's not, it just absolutely. is. It just is. Yeah. It's not. Well, it's nothing to get worked up about. It just is. It is. Right. You're right. It, it is. So I mean, like you wouldn't know what love is if you didn't know what the opposite of that was. So you don't know what ugly is without the opposite of that. So I mean. You honor it. Doesn't mean that you have to go and you know get involved in, but just rec- in other words, recognition is the part that we're we're really uh, accepting. I mean, not. I mean, we have set up our society uh, to fail all the time. And the part that I get frustrated with is I don't think our society has evolved very far. Our interests have our ability to move and do all these cool technology things, but I think as us as a species, we still cheat on our uh, on our uh, our loved ones, we still lie to them. We still uh, have murders. We still have uh, jealousy. We still have all those sins that uh, these terrible things that we do. Um, but yet we haven't evolved past that. And one of the things that I'm always trying to do is like we should evolve as a cult or as a society a little bit further. And yet we really haven't um, at all. I mean, we're just more sophisticated, and we we have fancier clothes and. We shave and we, our hair looks a little nicer than it did maybe three or four hundred years ago. Um, you're hundred percent correct about that. Yeah. So there's for me, uh, you know, there's there's always things that go on, and and I, the first step is by meditation and being healthy. Then you can recognize it. If you can't meditate, and and you're unhealthy, you're so concerned about how shitty you feel, and a way to get out of that, you make bad decisions. You you trust allopathy 100%. You, you don't want to look at anybody else. You have all these really bad belief systems, and you get stuck in this system. And it's really hard to get somebody to come out of that system once they're really into it. So it's really, really hard getting through this life like that, and then I'll have to go back and redo it all over again. But the, the point that I'm always happy, happy to be involved is that I try to live by that example more than anything else. The best teacher in the world is is you yourself and how you live your life. And, right. and and then you can be that inspiration for other people. So when people are always asking me, like, you look healthy, you, you have tons of energy, you do, you know, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, this is how I do it, you know. Right. But now, accepting hate is, is one of those things. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I told yeah. you, I, I know that it's no surprise to me when people behave that way. And I'm just like, oh, they, they must be suffering. And then I don't right. bring any other emotion into it. And, and as a pitta, it's really damn hard to do. <laughs> oh, it's super hard. And, and, the, yeah. the, and the things I've read several times from several ancient texts is that if, that if you choose a side in a conflict, you're not really helping anything. You're just fueling the conflict. And so when you just step out and just say, you know, it's really we don't have to get involved. Um, we just are. So that leads me to we got about 11 minutes left here. What are some tips you could give the listeners to get beyond the root? Like how how can they let's say they're not ready to come in and see a practitioner and they want to just do a few things at home. What what's a few few things you could recommend? Um I would recommend um for me there's seeing things in in 3D which the D's all stand for something. Um, the first one is direction. You have to start putting down a direction in which you want to um, to go. And if you can't see the world in a three-dimensional world, 
just instead of just 2D, then you're, you're really not seeing it for what it is. Um, so that's what most people on planet Earth are stuck in. They're stuck in a 2D way of looking at the world. So mm-hmm. the first one is, is, is sitting down with yourself, nobody else, and getting real with yourself, saying I'm 42, I'm 38, I'm 58, whatever it is, where are you now and where is it that you want to go? And they have to, here's a draw spot, this is where I am, on a piece of, or on a paper and draw it over here on a computer if you're that technology person. And then you can, and then in between, how do I get from here to there? So, you know, that's, that's the first step. If you don't have a direction and you're out there swimming in the ocean in a circle, and you will end up drowning. So, or if you're playing in the freeway and you can't decide if you're going to go back and forth, you know, cross the, the freeway, go this way or go that way, but don't just not have a direction. So there's got to be some kind of direction in which you want to head. The second one is, um, is your discipline, which this is where people fall off really quickly. You might get to the place of direction, but we also have to lay out what is it going to take for me to get to there? So going from, I would like to run a marathon, but I only want to work, you know, no more than two miles a day. I don't want to ever be uncomfortable. Uh, you know, well, that's probably not a really good plan. You know, I like the fact that you said you wanted to run a marathon or you wanted to get healthier or you wanted to find more inner peace or you wanted to have a better relationship with your husband or your spouse or your, or your kids or um, whatever. But if you really uh, can't lay out real objectives of how you get there uh, by being disciplined, then I don't know. I don't know what else we can do. And that's like what food you shove in your mouth, and and so forth. So that would be another one. So that's another D. The other one is is recognizing the distractions that you have, um, and that's all the time. That's Facebook. That's your mental mind telling you you're no good. Um, that you know that you're not worthy. And this is all a bunch of bullshit because all of that stuff is only in your head and nobody else's mind. It's just Nobody's you. playing it's the game only, other than you, Yeah, right? Yeah, and it's only because of the experiences in which you've had. So, mm-hmm. you know, if your Uncle Bob told you that you were chubby when you were five years old, well, I think everybody was chubby at one point in their life. And if that was the case and if that stuck with you, well, who cares what Uncle Bob said? You right. Know? We don't have to right. carry that with me. I'm always about scrubbing that stuff away. But you have to be right. able to look at the distractions and go, okay, I have this view of myself that's not the view that I want. Well, how did it get there? Who said it? Why is it there? <laughs> right. So those, those are the three Ds that I kind of really try to push with my clients. So to reiterate for the listeners, um, <laughs> what Troy said was that uh, to view the existence in the universe in a 3d way and the the d's that he assigned were direction discipline and distractions direction basically getting real with yourself discipline what will it take and distractions getting real with those too and one thing i was going to mention troy i don't know if you've ever heard this osho quote he's or quote or saying you know he he was talking about the river being actually our incarnation this life and that to just jump into the river and let the river take you. And that rivers yep. don't drown. Fear drowns because dead bodies float. And if you think about it, it's pretty profound. I mean, obviously there's boulders and rapids, but let's just let's just go with a <laughs> let's just go with a river. For and, and what he says when you jump in and you float and you go with it, a lot of things start dropping off. When you get in your pat in your full of fear, well that that's what drowns. Rivers don't drown, fear yeah. does. Would you, would you agree right. with that? Yeah. One of the big th- work things that I work with in my private consultation is, uh, is you know, really working through the fears that hold us back, and that's that distraction. So if we break off in distractions, we have to really work through those fears. The, the Taoists would call that Wu Wei. Wu Wei, uh, Wu Wei is the waterway. Uh, it means the waterway, and the waterway is basically allowing yourself to, just to float like down the water. It will tell you where to go. You try to dam up the water, it's really difficult to do, or try to control water. Just sometimes it will get rough, and sometimes it will get bumpy. And to be surprised that it does is silly. <laughs> this culture <laughs> yeah. always, wants, always wants comfort. It always mm-hmm. wants comfort. It always wants you to be happy. There's some days I'm not happy. 
You know, mm-hmm. I'm not happy with some of the political stuff, or I'm not happy that the Amazon is burning. I'm not happy that, you know, certain things happen in my life. But I recognize that I'm not happy, and I know that the flip side of that is that I will be happy in a very short time. And can I force it? I cannot. I can just allow it to unfold as it naturally does. And usually it's only usually minutes, hours, rarely, you know, half a day or a few hours. But usually I can find myself out of that cycle very quickly. But that's recognizing hate. That's recognizing discomfort. And one of the things that I always push on my clients is there's a few things that I always have these tags that I say, if you're going to work with me, here's one of those things that I, that I say over and over again, is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Our society hates being uncomfortable. That's why we have everything to look at every commercial. It's about being comfortable. It's about being more comfortable shoes, more comfortable car, more comfortable bedding, more comfortable this. I mean, we have mattresses that are actually up going up and down in heat and this and vibrating and, and giving you massages and stuff. Just go to sleep. And I think yeah. you forget about the simplicity of things. But, again, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So every day, make sure that you go through your day a little bit uncomfortable, pushing yourself into that, you know, like intermittent fasting. That's not always easy, but I do it. You know, I do it mm-hmm. uh, five to six days out of the week. But it's, and sometimes it's, I'm, I'm really hungry and I have to fight through it. And then the benefit mm-hmm. comes out. And then, you know, there's times where I'm out on a mountain bike ride and I'm 30 miles into it and it's hot as hell. And I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, and then when I get back, I realize why I do it. I like it. It's good for me. It's, it's what I like to do. So um, there's, there's a whole bunch of reasons that I'm always for get comfortable with being uncomfortable. But when you don't challenge yourself, then how much better can you get? Every single person that achieves uh, some, some success even the Taoist who says that they try not to have any outcomes accepting, that in itself is being uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. So there's yeah. no such thing as, as that. So you always have to come back to if you're comfortable with being uncomfortable, then it's no longer uncomfortable. Then you challenge yourself to the next level. <laughs> right. so, exactly. Uh, so now you're in the, the you're in the river. Yes. yes. Then, then you're in the river floating. You're always in the river floating. And when you're on shore, that's when you're stopped. And when, you have, when you're stopped, it's when you have stagnation. And when you have stagnation, that's when you have disease. Exactly. I, we only have a couple of minutes left. The call-in number is 646-716-6605. We've got a few listeners. Don't be shy. If you need to ask Dr. Troy a question, please call in. But we only got about two and a half minutes left. Very profound stuff, Troy. Really liking <laughs> it. I love the DDD, the Direction, Discipline, and Distractions, the 3D Nature. Uh, and getting yeah. real with yourself, tell, asking yourself, what's it going to take? And then looking at your distractions. Have you ever used the technique yeah. when people making a change? You just say, hey, how about go home and rearrange your bedroom? You know, just so things are different. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they don't like to do that. The most very simple thing, you know, well, especially coppers, kind of get them to move or change their comforts. Um, you know, it could be just something, you know, just very, very small to me and you, you know, we're making a list of like, you know, we're going to take on 15 different things uh, and, and then we're going to do them. Uh, the vodka leaves and can't remember the whole consultation. So they call you the next day and ask you if I took notes. Um, and then, you know, the kappas are, you know, you have to be very cautious with those because, you know, if you overwhelm them, they're not going to do anything. So yeah, sometimes it's right. just asking them to do one simple thing and that's a start. And it's okay. It's like a great writer. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Stephen King um, said that he writes maybe at max uh, one or two pages a day. Um, and, you know, the yeah. guy who wrote the Game of Thrones um, books and stuff said that he writes a paragraph or two a day. That's it. Wow. And he's like, that's all the momentum I need. But if I don't write something, I, I get stuck. And then it goes, and then it ends. It's the same, no matter what, from writing to uh, athletic achievement to anything else, we just keep moving down the stream, and and we'll be all right. Don't kind right. Of, don't always try to control everything. Well, Troy, we are legitimately running out of time here. All right. I want to thank you for coming on the air with me. It was wonderful and nice voyage with you, with Doctor Truth. 
much, Troy. Appreciate it, and hopefully you can come back soon. Yeah, whenever Take you need care. me, I'm, I'm here. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Thank you. All right, see ya.